Welcome to African Teapot Podcast. My name is Exi. And my name is Lini. Join us as we journey through Africa's vast variety of culture and heritage. We explore issues most African families face, both home and abroad. Make sure to like, share, and follow this podcast. Join the conversation on social media and let your voice be heard. So, I mean, I can do it. I mean, how are you going to prove that? It's Seven year old you know, psychopaths, the murderers, murderers, whatever they are. Anybody like, can be in there and they're gonna, you know, partake in, in taking someone's life or rendering someone handicapped. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode on African Teapot Podcast. Today's episode is titled Jungle Justice, and as usual, I'm Exy and I'm Lenny and today we bring our efforts along with combined real stories and enough data gathered by Lenny. Thank you for doing that amazing job <laughs> um, to bring this episode to you guys. But before the sweet stuff, again, wanting to apologize for posting last month's episode a little late. We were like five days late. No, about three days late, actually. And sorry for and for those of you that we're like, what happened to the episode? Hopefully, you've caught up with the episode. If not, it's still available. It's free. Go listen to the episode. Like the episode. Share, guys, so that we can grow as a community. So we can have more people, you know, giving us their feedback. And ju- just so we can grow and push the podcast out there. And don't forget to rate the podcast. And on the other side, how you doing? How have you been? How's this month? We're past half of the year. And how hot is it wherever you are, if at all? Because <laughs> uh, it's boiling in Texas. It's cooking in Texas. Yes. You could literally cook. <laughs> we just need to put salt and pepper on our bodies. And that, would be, that would be quite a good meal for the lives. Oh, okay. How do we get here? Okay. Something okay. else. Something else. So uh, diving into um, today's episode... Um, you guys are probably wondering, oh, why did you choose this episode? First, it's a passionate episode, especially for Lini, which I think is rightfully so. And second of all, we have a personal story to share, or I remember a personal story to share. I don't think Lini really remembers it that well, but I do, to some degree. So I was about, say, 10 or so, we're back in Cameroon. For those of you who are Cameroonians, it's Tarinko Mbamenda. And I remember the dog barking hysterically uh, by the window, my parents' window. And I remember that getting into a room with mom and mom just telling us that we should be quiet, you know. So it was Lini, myself, um, our brother and our other sister. Uh, four of us, my mom was like, oh, shh, we should be quiet and everything. And then my dad went outside. Not outside, but he went into the living room. He came back and said, our uncle's because we had two uncles living with us. They were yeah. young at the time going to school. And they were, they were both, one of them was my dad's younger brother and one of them was my dad, was my mom's younger brother, or our mom's and dad's uh, younger ones. And they were of the same age, teenagers, living in the house. Um, I don't know if they were teenagers like that. I think older than teenagers, but anyways, as I remember it. And they came out and my dad said they were not in the house and we're like, What's happening? And suddenly we heard this loud like crash at about like a big bang. And then uh, I remember water. We could hear like, you know, like flash showing that it's like water running out, like gushing out. And so we were scared. 
Mini, all of us were super scared. We didn't know what was happening. The dog kept barking and everything. And my dad said, okay, he's going to go outside. And my mom was like, no, he shouldn't, he shouldn't. Um, I remember my dad somehow as a kid, because we were sheltered from this, I just remember that there was this screaming outside in Pigeon. We don't catch up, we don't catch up. You know, this, like, some, like something has been caught. And so we're like, and then Elmi like called me and we're trying to sneak at the back of the door to peek, you know, like through that little crack at the door to see what was happening outside. And there was this huge crowd outside and there was this guy kneeling and begging my dad to protect him or something. And uh, people were questioning him, what did you come here to do? And then suddenly we heard another, like other, the, the mob got louder and then we realized there were like four other guys and he was like one of them. And so it shows they were trying to rob the neighborhood, you know, rob the neighborhood and they had been caught, you know, and um, the mob started beating on the other guys that were coming and these guys were like throwing stones and sticks. At this point, I started crying. My mom was like, okay, we can't watch it. Let's go back into the house. They stayed out there with mom and dad. And later on, they filled in the gaps for us. And they were like, they beat the guys. And my dad had to plead for, uh, to call his friend, who was a commissioner at the time, to come take the guys to the cell or jail, however you, you call it. But that was the closest experience I've had to um, jungle justice or mob justice. Right. And this guy who came to rob us, might I say, was begging for my dad to save his life because of how crazy and loud and they had cut glasses, sticks and stones the mob had gotten in just about 30 minutes. Yeah, they had the machetes and everything. Yeah, in just 30 minutes of the alarm going like, oh, we have caught somebody or somebody's robbing something. But I thought that was a story that I should share before we, we go into the uh, data and facts of what uh, mob justice or jungle justice is. But as Edna rightfully said, I think that's the, it's not clear or like I was young, yeah, but young. that was the first I saw and not the last I saw, considering the fact that our parents did a pretty good job at uh, sheltering and uh, protecting us from things like that. But if you listen to Edna's story, um, or you're specifically from West Africa and some West African countries, my Nigerians and my Cameroonians, you know this, we know this. We know mob justice. For those of you who don't know or are guessing based on this story, um, jungle justice is where the population and or an irate mob takes upon themselves the responsibility of inflicting penalty on an alleged offender or criminal without proving him guilty of the offense. Yes, it's just... In other words, it is, a, it is a situation where the masses take upon themselves to render judgment on a matter without hearing or without giving the accused a right to a defense. This is justice in... In a few words, this is justice without a trial. So we can see in the case of the story that Edna shared, and there are more stories to come, but we will reference this till we get there. We would see in this story that Edna shared, this man was caught. And in five minutes, his fate was going to be sealed. Not because the other people who got there even saw him trying to steal. He was caught by one, by like two people, our uncles helped, that's how he was caught. But then the other people are ready, I will call it what it is, are ready to commit murder based on the hearsay word of someone they do not know. 
Yeah, because mind you, a lot of the people in the crowd, we had no clue who they were. Who they were. And him begging my dad to help him, he had no clue, like they've never met. Maybe he knew him and chose to rob him, but my dad didn't recognize him. But the moment he heard my dad's name and he could kind of detect what tribe my dad was from, he started begging in the dialect. Then that's when we figured he's from the same tribe. Started begging in the dialect. Or at least he knew how to maneuver in that dialect. I don't know if he was actually from the same place as my dad. But my uncles were pretty daring too. Might, might I say, um, to take that risk to go out, sneak out without telling anybody to apprehend whoever they thought was causing commotion in, in, in the compound. Yeah, so generally that's what mob justice is. Um, if you feel differently, as always, and usual, let us know if you feel differently. I am so sorry. I will admit I am biased. I am one-sided in this conversation. <laughs> I would not Which is okay. I would not pretend to be swayed or you know, I'm just um my problem with mob justice is like okay, now I'm going further in the conversation. I'm going <laughs> okay. to, to keep it in general right. line. But another part that I wanted to read to you guys is this act is frequent with cases like of theft. Um, and it and it usually is followed by stoning, burning, or lynching, and we pretty pretty much we all know what lynching is. But um, if you don't know, that's okay. That's why I looked up the definition. Lynching, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is the illegal killing of somebody, usually by hanging, by a crowd of people and without a trial. So yes. you can see how this directly ties in with the jungle justice or, or, justice. or the mob justice. Um, the one I've seen, and uh, I would say, is most frequent and the most gruesome is the burning. That that um, is okay. I haven't been where they're doing it, but I've seen the aftermath. Yep. Growing up, I remember. Now it's not as frequent, but growing up as a teenager, there used to be a lot of aftermaths. Where you would come and you would see like tires and crowd of people and someone is already dead, right? And they were burned. And I'm telling you, the smell is you can't you can't explain the smell. And do you know that And there are kids there. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And do you know the funny thing I saw when I was looking this up? Well, it's guys, it's not funny. I'll take that back. The one of the surprising things that I found is uh surprisingly in recent and I'm reading off of um the information I have. Surprisingly, in recent times, another strand of jungle justice opened up and is now administered even on traditional rulers. Oh, yes. Accused of abuse of power and other excesses. Oh, yes. Like, it's gone past the point of it's the petty thief who stole a phone, who stole the guavas. Yeah. Um, Like, it's gone past that. It's to the point where... um, the community thinks you shouldn't be there. They are upset. Things are not going their way. They're taking it to their hands. And we see leaders crumbling under the... Crumbling under mob justice. Oh, yeah. And you, you, it's... And I think within the last... I think maybe the past 80 years or so, you, there's been a rise of that in most African countries where you see leaders being dethroned or deposed by angry mobs. And usually... These leaders usually don't even have chances to make it out of their life. It's like, these guys are out for blood. It's crazy. Yeah. But I have a question for you. Do you think lynching or mob justice is just specific to Africa in your findings? Like it happens? It's not. It's not. Because I have a whole 
I guys, I have a whole history on it, okay? <laughs> so um, some people would hear mob oh. justice is not just peculiar because I called out Nigerians and Cameroonians before it's not. It's because I'm Cameroonian and I saw it a lot. And I was telling a friend from Cote d'Ivoire and they're like, Wait, what is that? And I'm and to me that was shocking too. I'm like, you don't have that and it could be because this person is sheltered, but at the same time if you grow up in Cameroon, there is no way and you Nigeria. know about it. You may not have seen it. I think because maybe it's more prevalent. Mm-hmm. You in may not have seen times. it, but you yeah. know about it. But I was amazed someone could just have grown up and not seen it. So, but anyways, back to this history. It is also a common practice among um, Asian countries, actually, and uh, the African, some of the African countries is prominent in is South Africa, Tanzania, Uganda. There's also Ghana in there, and there's our Nigeria and our Cameroon. So jungle justice is actually tracked back to 1991, where it was the lynching against Black Americans, Mexicans, and uh, the people uh, um, belonging to the abolitionist movement slavery slave trade that time that's how far back it goes wait the abolitionist yeah wow the abolitionist movement and the unionist was widespread in the united states during the american civil war of the 1860s makes makes sense yeah because you see a a lot of the uh, lynching then yeah then we skip a while we couldn't take every year so now it skips all the way over to 2017 uh, where um, Arnold uh, reported that mob action against criminal suspects. It's usually those who hold this ideology, or sometimes it's even shredded under religious beliefs, right? Um, we have you usually the uh, Dalits or the uh, Muslims. Um, and then it's also common, it was also common with the Indians in the early 1920s. So you see, so everyone so is guilty. Arnold wrote this in 2017. I'm sorry if I, because I read that wrong. He wrote it in 2017, but this time it was the um, 1920s where the Indians were involved in this. And then um, after that, we go to when the African countries during the uh, pre-colonial uh, period were doing the mob execution, and then we come over to now where it's still being practiced. However, we should know that the practice. Sub- subsides with the emergence of f- formal colonial justice system. Makes sense. Once there's a once there was a law, once there was the colonial rule, and they set all these strict rules system. and punishment in place, um, that uh, kind of helped push away mob justice. But for some people, the police are afraid of the mob. Because there's something we need to understand. One person is easy to pick off. Two people, hard, like, and it's still hard. But when you have 50 people angry and you have three police officers with a gun, (laughs) you'll kill half of them, half of them will get you. Even if you're shooting to kill, you're shooting to hurt, they will crawl and they will get you. It's 50 people, just think about it. 50 divided by three. Yeah. And I know, uh, just to add, this just popped when you were speaking. Um, generally, they'll be like, well, um, with colonialism, right? When we say when that came and they put judicial systems. Yeah, because you, you need to think like all those things of um, when someone is caught cheating, when a woman or is, a, is married to a prominent man or 
is a leader or something is called cheating and they stone her or she's paraded around the village naked and things that is those are still forms of mob, mob justice sometimes we keep it away but it came down to things like even those kind of you know errors you you cheat because I, I wouldn't necessarily we don't categorize cheating as a crime right but if you're paraded and humiliated right they mob justice, I mean, mob justice cheating. kills you for cheating so it's so I need I just wanted to understand like it's not necessarily that is specifically falling under judicial systems because the judicial system doesn't cover every aspect moral crimes I don't want to say moral crimes but moral errors or you, you know what I mean mm -hmm. still do not hide from the hands of mob justice they caught you lied or interfered in someone's marriage somewhere you are a gossip in the village and it's prominent you're prominent and you've caused a lot of problems the mob humiliates you like that you you can't report that that just is yeah. not persecuted on the judicial system so the hands of the judicial system to some degree leaning can only go as far as it can go. only go as far because that's exactly what i meant when i was like you see that's why it still exists the police officers are standing there against a mob of 50 to save the one person the mob is trying to kill, they'll probably need to kill 10 people out of the crowd. Exactly. Am I saying that's the best choice? But now they're looking at shooting 10 lives and possibly being killed themselves versus the one guy. What does the justice system do? It lets it, lets it go. It lets it slide. And then when you come back to the community the next day, no one is going to point out who perpetrated this act. But again, the funny thing with jungle justice is sometimes it does, obviously, um, it's used it's, when offenses like murder, armed robbery, assault, kidnapping, rape, theft, fraud, um, you know, pickpocket and non-criminal offenses will say for lack of a better out. word. Like but one of the major ones they kill for is stealing. Like bit like theft. Sorry. I mean, you should not be caught in Cameroon with your hands in someone's pocket. You remember the story <laughs> one? And then all it takes is for someone to say, T4, that's it. Like T4 translate. Yeah. There is a thief. That's just kind of what it means. But that's all it needs. And then someone is looking at you or grabs your, your arm and that's it. In five minutes, if the cops don't show up, you're burned alive. That's, and it's pretty brutal. I just remember the story we covered once that was like mob justice. You remember the story when we we're covering stories around the web of the guy who was going through who was taking a shortcut to where he was going and passed through the guy with his pear with his pear tree. And oh my then god. The owner just came out because people in the past had been stealing from his his pears. So when he pears is uh, for us is uh, avocado um, avocados, thank you. So when the owner came out he, he just said exactly what Edna said. T4 didn't check if this guy was going to People just came out and took the word of this guy. You would not believe his arm was chopped off. Chopped it's off. not always murder, but it is painful. You're bitten to the point of near yeah. death. Your arm is it's chopped off. It's always a form of then public just, humiliation. Sometimes you even have to bribe the mob, accusing you of theft. You need to commit and you need to commit bri bri yes. bribery right there to get out of it. Or you need to accept to go through this ritual of humiliation if they give you that option. Meanwhile, you are innocent just because someone grabbed you because you're scared. Maybe if the mob gets angrier you could be stoned to death or burned so if they tell you well you have to parade naked right and we have to parade you or you need to pay fines you have people who have paid handsomely to mobs like Lini is saying for crimes that they didn't commit or, or sometimes they confess to it quickly enough so that maybe the cops come and grab them 
you've had people confess to crimes that they didn't commit just because they want the beating to end and then maybe someone is going to take pity on them if they agree that they committed a crime that's how you know downsides of mob justice but from this i want to get into i know many people are like oh this is terrible those people that partake in things like this this is terrible leaning how can someone choose to burn someone alive but why then, do you think that that's is? what i was about to say i'm like then you need to ask why you think they do it why do you think like, people do guys, things like this just the psychology minute. behind it why do reasons. you think they do it like when you think about why these people do it we have a justice system where it should be these police officers and these people but there's lack of there's lack of trust in our judicial system someone's robbing your house what is what is uh, nine one one? I don't even know it. You don't even so, know the number so, to so, Somehow someone knows it, right? And you call. You know how long it takes them to get there. The mob takes care of it. And even when you hand them over to the police, they were caught. They'll say there's no evidence because no one's investigating. If the people who were caught, someone comes along and dangles some money around. Corruption. Not saying guys. everyone is uh, uh, corrupt, but there's bribery and corruption. They are out of jail. You're done. The person who came over killed someone, bribed is out. The person who raped someone. So when you have such lack in a judicial system and you might have caught the same rapist, the same thief, um, the same murderer, like whatever your crime is, you catch them like six times. The seventh time, I don't blame anyone for being angry. They're upset, they're angry, they're pissed off. They're like, why do I have to keep catching you? And you're back here. Guys, it's not even a month. In two days, the next day, the same night. So unfortunately, the justice system let people down, and then they become the justice system. Yes. So it's also in 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 different terms. We we'll say it's a vigilante kind of. Mm -hmm. People trust themselves to emit justice quicker than the the police or judicial system. That's one reason I was trying to give. Sometimes people have this reason like. If I get you doing something, I want punishment to be emitted immediately. Yep. The judicial system takes due course and time. It revises evidence and things like that. And people are so impatient sometimes with this, you know, how long this system takes. They just want something to be done now. Someone called you a thief, well, learn a lesson now, not in three months. So how about I chop off your hand so you don't steal someone's avocado next time, but they forget what if that guy didn't steal the avocado? You've already chopped off his arm, right? So there is no due process. There's no checking of evidence. People want it now. I want retribution in this particular time. And, and it's, it's and it's related to revenge as well. Vengeance. Um, I'm upset. You killed my person. I don't want to take the justice system or, and find them in it. Like, you know. Or I was, I was robbed before. My kid was raped before. I was raped before. I didn't get justice. Now I've seen this guy who is a rapist and... All this PTSD from whatever happened to me that was unresolved, now I want to emit it on the next person. Or you also have it from the other side. I had a family member that was lynched, right, falsely. Or he was lynched and yep. nobody gave him a chance to listen. So now I'm not going to listen to this guy. So this guy, you're going to get the same punishment that my kid or my brother or wife went through, right? They killed her and nobody thought of asking why so i don't want to hear anything you have to say i'm going to kill you the same way so it goes both ways when you think of vengeance in situations like this and then you even think of the idea of um people want power oh yeah um i don't know about everyone but i always say i think and i would think specifically 
let me talk for my country and not add many people to it. And some West African countries have said we are power hungry. <laughs> Mob justice gives you a sense of power. There's a person whose life is literally in your hands and you can decide what your fate is. That's power. Someone attributed it to joblessness. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you I don't was have like, a job, and, and I was trying to understand that. And I'm, and you're like, when you work sixteen hours, do you think the six hours you have to fall asleep, you would spend it chasing a naked person ten miles down the street? No, nope. no, you're in bed sleeping and letting the police, who again, let's take in the case where the police are <laughs> amazing. Sorry. That is funny. Um, so they're like, there's too much free time on people's hands because you're just lazing around. I mean, there's a communities where 70% of the population is unemployed. So, and it's not I'm just funny, being, but just, unfortunately, you know, I'm exaggerating the percentage, but you know what I mean. You have more people unemployed than employed. So when you say T4, I mean, you have all these young guys that have nothing to do. So, yeah, pent up being, anger. Pent up anger and frustration from not having purpose in their life. Yeah, they're going to take it out on you. <laughs> and some criminals are the ones who do it. Oh, that's that's another twist to it. I steal but for the sake that I'm trying to act like I'm, uh, you know, a citizen of mm-hmm. the community, a good citizen, I will be the first person to emit punishment on someone. And I'll be the first person to tell you we do not tolerate stealing or theft or rape, right? But it's at, when you go to their homes, these guys are perpetrating the same acts. Yeah. So there's some sense of hypocrisy and there's some like sense like, oh, I can do it and get away with it. So you that is so exactly I it on the it. next person. The perpetrators of mob justice are rarely ever arrested or prosecuted. Yeah. So, I mean, I can do it. I mean, how are you going to prove that? It's Seven free murder. Did, did, you know. Psychopaths. Murderers. Murderers. Whatever they are. Anybody like, can be in there and they're going to, you know, partake in, in taking someone's life or rendering someone handicapped and, and things like that. And sometimes it doesn't matter to them how young these victims are or how old they are, you know. Yeah. It's, it's amazing then, how far this goes. When I was thinking about mob justice, I'm like, there has to be a psychological component to it, a social uh, psychology. Like, there has to be a social psychological problem. Not problem, but, like, reasons associated with it. And then once I looked it up, I was like, makes sense. There's the individuality. The when people are part of a group they lose a sense of self-awareness like oh, yeah. right the now high. there's group thinking there's a high we're going for it we're going to do That's it so true. you lose you're not whoever caught you there first you go with that when you come in and you're the 15th person he's guilty he's guilty he, he stole the chicken he stole the chicken you're in it you're no longer yeah. thinking or processing for yourself because you didn't hear facts what are you processing you're not that's like that like that's, that's just that, like that's just crazy your identity is lost you become part of this group and that's your identity and you will identify with this group once you're doing what they're doing true it's like being the cool kid oh how, yeah how do you how do you be a cool you know, kid you cool do what kid, the cool people do so the cool kids say vandalize homes you're gonna do it because you want to belong to that circle the cool kids take drugs so you're gonna do it because you, you know so it, it's almost like there is a high there's yeah. a chase kind there's of, like like like, em- like emotions your emotions are heightened it's like watching a soccer game yeah you, why do people watch it in packs guys the experiences their experience you can't explain it the excitement anger hostility if it's 30 of you is multiplied by 30 there's 50 of you it's multiplied by 50 whatever it is it's like a game it's like 
like like Hunger Games. <laughs> it's literally like Hunger Games. And then once you're part of this group, like being part of the cool kids, you are accepted. You, it, what made? Oh, you did right by your community. Yeah, because you you know we we took care of the thief, so we we did good. And then you even have the um, and then there's also this you spread even though you're part of a group like you're there's anonymity like you're anonymous they can't identify you on your own they identify the pack. It's hard for someone to find you the next day and be like, oh, that's the murderer. No, there was a pack. That's why the police are hardly able to find them when there's an angry sixty people. Guys, this is not now, or here where you take. When I say here, I mean USA, like um, advanced society where you take pictures and you go back and you see the faces. Here, they're just looking and identifying them on the face. Then the other thing is there's also diffusion of responsibility. It's like being part of a group, it creates this perception that the violent or unacceptable behavior is not a personal responsibility but a group one. True. So when you come to get someone, they'll be like, well, the other 40 were doing it. Now the police is like, okay, go find all 40 and make it fair. <laughs> well, is the community going to give you 40 people? Some of the people don't even live there. They were passing along the street. I mean, and people—it's no hard to get it. But back home, it's like your neighbor, like that's family. So for <laughs> someone to rat out that neighbor, they're like, it's a problem. Where they might have saved them from the thief or the rapist that was terrorizing True. the com- that neighborhood. And then you need to also understand there is stigma after some of these things. If you rat out someone, uh, people start threatening you. Well, when something happens to you. We are going to boycott you or yeah you know th- there is because there's no justice you know system i just thought of things we'll just get back to this topic <laughs> again some other time because if we want to talk about this we'll be here for two Forever. hours because the impacts this has on society you know people surviving being accused of things they didn't do I, it's a whole some of you sent your stories they're whole so I just think that would be a complete different topic, like surviving mob justice, because I had like four stories that came like that. But if we have to put it in this episode, we'll be here for six hours. But this episode definitely was inspired by the first story you heard that I said. And then it was also inspired by most Nigerians who know this story. Um, and it's actually available on Netflix. It's yeah. called Dark October. And Lini actually caught my attention to this movie. As you all know, very, she's very passionate about mob justice. Uh, not because it's a, she's been part of mob. Have you been beaten by a mob before? No. <laughs> it was really okay, kidding, guys. <laughs> on, in all seriousness, she's just passionate about how uh, punishment is emitted, right? In cases like this. Like, how do you justify the kind of punishment you emit on someone who, uh, say, was caught for petty theft versus someone who was a rapist? Versus someone who was, you know. Again, we'll get into that. Was um, it so? Do you how do you just fight a quarter of a finger, a half a finger, half a finger? A like finger? how do you do that? So that will just come in the next, next topic. Still <laughs> on mob justice. It may be next month again. We'll do next a part year. two, or next year we'll do a part two. But it that happens there, and Dark October is a clear example of this. And Dark October is based off of a true story called the Alufo lynching that happened in Nigeria. I think in. 2012 yeah where these uh university students went to a neighborhood 
to kind of like collect back then you know you know you need to go collect your money from your debtor someone who took money and doesn't want to return so he took his this kid took four of his other friends or three they're about to go you know harass this guy to give them back their money they're students we need the money and when they got there you know what this guy did he just came out and screamed tifo tifo as usual and he ran away and the mob came out this community had a vigilante group and the vigilante group were alerted they came out there and you know held hostage of these four kids university students and these students tried to give their school ids try for the guy who used to mend their shoes and the lady who used to sell like oranges to them or something and you know who recognized them but as you, students but, but you, the fear but you could tell the stories had sorry i'm cutting you but you could tell the stories had the people who didn't come out to say there were two reasons one of them again was this thing where they wanted to be part of the group where we talk about the group thing yeah and the other one was they already had 40 people who had passed judgment no one wants to be associated with them because in mob justice the group rules you're scared like if i say yeah i know them so you're a thief too you've been helping them so yeah. some of the people who did not identify with these kids was not because they wanted what was happening but because they were saving themselves yes out of fear kind of and we saw that even when they took them to the ruler i think it was the Igwe. he tried he tried to be like okay we need evidence that these kids are students and mind you the vigilante group had the ids of these students and then again one comes them. for one of them and this is what happens they want to set an example there has been a lot of stealing in the community and they have been hunting who's been doing it and so now unfortunately these are scapegoats right these people were labeled thief by someone they don't even know the guy who said t4 t4 mind you was a he, criminal. Was, he was a criminal and he was nowhere to be found he was trying to get away he was trying to get away so when he labeled them thieves they run the runaway so you need to understand these guys these students were being labeled thieves one the person who labeled them a thief is nowhere to be found to say these are the guys that he truly was stealing so he didn't so they didn't even know what they stole but they were accused for past theft, theft crimes right because yeah. they were they, they had nothing because if you ask the crowd what did they steal nobody knows because whoever labeled them a criminal is nowhere to be found so they didn't they didn't know what they stole but they just knew well we've been having a lot of theft incidents so by default it's you so no matter what these kids said this the oldest of these kids who i think was 20 years old the youngest was 18 and these kids were burned alive and then even when the police showed up, you I remember? think the movie, um, and, and I don't remember, I think the movie said burned, but I think some of them were just bitten. Bitten to death, to death. and things. But it, even the police showed up and the movie depicts how powerless the police was. They tried and they, they tried up. and it was that. But I think after that, when it came out, these were students, when the family came out, I think the sisters of one of the boys recognized her brother and was trying to speak up and they just shushed her you know when she reported it and they realized they were university students i think the community you know took up to it the community there was a divide in the community and i think that's how and you can ask why it went big too because again something that's a powerful tool social media social media picked, picked it up news was covering it um celebrities were, so covering, were covering it and this is one of the few cases where four people were arrested i believe I think the po uh, the person who led the person who led that mob, yeah, and the head of the vigilante group, the others were I don't know the guys who, uh, I think were 
uh, leading the beating and, I think the, and set them on fire. One of the police who came and left. And left. The police that came and left, he was also charged. So these guys were charged. Luckily, in this case, they were charged. But and think they were, about it. Do you know something when I think about the mob was not four, but four people. People were the scapegoats. So think, so in this case, would you, who committed the murder? The person who accused them of stealing? The person who stole the IDs and they couldn't prove they were students, the police officer who neglected his job, the ruler who gave up on them, and he's the, the person ruler. who gave the land the landing blow or the mob that and then the accuser the guys the guy who labeled them thieves went away. Yeah. Because right? what happened to him? You know? And this is also to highlight this whole thing of um where those who had power actually didn't have power and then those who didn't have power had the power had the power because the mob it's not your responsibility to you know any justice but they were powerful more than the ruler more than the police right and then they had one guy who tried in there also not to have these young boys killed he did everything he could and sometimes the voice of reason that movie also kind of highlights that just gets sucked away and nobody pays attention to it so i think it's a it's a really good movie, Dark October, for you to watch on Netflix. If not, you can just read the Alufo lynching story on Google. It's right there. If you Google it, it happened in Nigeria, uh, I think 2012. You can read it and it's, it has the names of the boys and the names of those who were persecuted. And like Lini said, I don't think the justice that was given by the court is anywhere measurable to, to what happened to those boys and their families. Like it, it took a whole community to have them killed because if the current this one thing power that the mob has, the power that the mob has to emit this kind of verdict on someone is the same thing that if you had a similar group of people come up to fight for these kids, they would have had a chance. Yeah. Think about it. If forty it took forty people for them to die, if forty other people came and said, No, we are gonna wait for the cops, it would have happened. But you have two people. Yeah. In our case, I just think for our dad, maybe our dad was a little known around the area. So when he came, he was like, no, you know, he kept insisting. And maybe because he had the phone and of the commissioner. his house, that was going to be It was his house that was robbed. And then he had the phone of a commissioner. So he said, I was being robbed, right? The mob was like, yeah. So I choose, you know, to call the commissioner. And then you had the thieves begging him. In this case, they were guilty because they were caught. They were begging. They that, were begging. It's so bad. People are begging to go to prison. Like they are That's like, how terrible it is because, again, I don't think it measures the crime. Like, <laughs> the punishment so, sometimes outweighs the crime committed. And not to speak a lot, another movie that is a clear example is the Isakaba. I'm and pretty this sure. this one is fiction. No! It's not? Meaning. Oh, no. I have wrong. It's not. That's why I said every story here. So it's a movie called Isakaba. Isakaba is actually um, a movie that depicts um, a vigilante group that was created in different really? areas in Nigeria in the 90s. Oh, wow. They were created because there was a lot of thievery and what. So the Isaka boys went around and they usually said their powers to depict who was a criminal or whatever came from um, magic, like juju black magic or whatever. And they usually use machetes to chop off limbs or behead hmm. people that were caught. Yeah. Do you know the whole so thing I've watched this movie, like even though I've watched it as an adult, I never realized it was 
real? Yeah. It is real. I thought um, I should. I thought I'll surprise you on here rather than wow, telling you. Thank you. Sure. I sure was surprised. Yeah. So, actually, other Nigerian tribes and communities kind of copied the Isakaba vibe, but at some point, people started coming against the Isakaba because they felt like there was no clear process in how they choose who is guilty and who is not. Obviously, they did do a lot because they did say the crime rates in these communities significantly these dropped during the times of the Isakaba boys. But they said for 10 people that were guilty, probably 40 were killed that were not guilty. Wait, right? 10 because people? 10 people? 40%? I was just giving a random number. Like they were trying to say, true, they did get some criminals, but at the same time, they also killed innocent people. Oh. And the fact that people were just beheaded, you didn't have a second chance at proving you're innocent, right? And they just claimed that, well, we have the power to decipher who did it or not. It's, we don't have a clear process. We would just say, well, we caught, we caught him, we saw it through using black magic or whatever and that. But I think the whole black magic, I think, was what also gave them a lot of hype. Right, and then some of them would be like, "Well, they don't. They, they were not allowed to humanize or drink." It gave that sense of purity in their cause. People bought into it. But I guess when people were being killed or beheaded for stealing bags of cocoa yams or <laughs> cassava and things like that, and chickens, you know what I mean? Is it worth? Like, how, is it worth be, beheading that person like or chopping off a I need. I lose an arm. So, but Isakaba is another movie, Nigerian movie. This one, I think, if you go on YouTube. It's like a retro. If you go on YouTube, you will see what the Isakaba boys did. And they did have positive impacts on their communities. But at the same time, there was a lot of negative rollback in how they emitted justice and punishment on people that were caught and how this, the system in which they used to decipher evidence when it was brought to them. Is it, are we, so all these movies and this personal story is, in conclusion, to, at least to me is, do we verify as a community do we verify what we hear or because you are accused for doing it and i have been hurt by let's say robbery i just want you dead versus are you actually sure this is the person that did it you know what i'm saying because a lot of people come from hurt i have been robbed i've been raped my daughter was raped now they've caught someone and they say he's the rapist they won't care to be like, well, my daughter was raped at six o'clock. Were you here at six? Like nobody cares, <laughs> you, right? You've been labeled a rapist. We're going to deal with you. Now the mob, these days, the mob kind of takes it a little softer. Well, we are going to pirate you naked around it. But you need to understand there is stigma. Once someone is labeled a rapist, they're a rapist for life. You know, once someone is labeled a thief, they're a thief or an adulteress or whatever, whatever the crime may be. What do we do as a community to ensure that when somebody is labeled that, they are truly that and not yeah. someone who is innocent? I think that's a topic that will just come for another day. Another and then, day. Um, we're just going to throw this in there. Some other examples, let's say in recent time, might not be as fatal was like the Capitol Hill. Yeah. Why did the people storm Capitol Hill? Guys, Capitol looking... Hill, for those of you listening, oh, that yeah. happened in the US. Sorry. Oh, sorry. When um, the last election, when. Um, uh, former president trump said the election were rigged right and that's why the president current president joe biden won and people took upon themselves to just stomp capitol hill 
and right. they think about it there were fatalities actually there were deaths and injuries yes um they may not have gone intentionally into a person but they were actually looking for someone they didn't get who they were looking, looking for, for. yeah but that's an example and i have one more question and i promise we're done but again just to add to it the results were different in the western countries now is like nobody is allowed to take the law into their hands so yes they did stomp capitol hill but there was a system to trial these guys and give them sentences so most some of them are serving jail time but again it Everybody. comes to the point where a lot of people stomp the capitol hill but just few of them are actually you know paying the price for taking for doing vigilantism or taking the law into their hands so no matter what country it is you realize that some people do these things and get away with it regardless let me ask a question and i'm sure people will come at me and it's not a question that i even know the answer to but just think about it do you think one of the oldest cases of jungle justice or mob justice was the crucifixion of jesus christ as a christian yeah, yeah that's a good question like when you look past that it was supposed to happen it was going to happen it was meant to happen the reason he did it would you say it was to a degree and again um i didn't ask oh yes yeah. i was going no to give answer. an answer okay guys yeah think about it for our christians think about it or if you're not christian but you know the story think about it that's a good one we need to put that on social media <laughs> yes. i'm that good but thank you for helping me live my passion out to my passion to speak <laughs> from my belly and share her data the deepest part of me something i'm passionate about my passion's not burned so once you guys kind of forget about this like a couple months i'll bring it back right? <laughs> yeah and on that saying please guys to help us grow please again remember to share the podcast listen to the podcast tell a friend tell a friend to tell a friend follow us on social media um contribute just so we can grow as a community let us know what you think and if on the show notes we're gonna uh, include all the areas where Lini got her data and everything that she got from the episode and also you want to support the podcast there is a link at the bottom you go ahead and do that or you let us know dm us on instagram but with that being said thank you so much for lending us your ears thanks for listening and make sure to join us for our next episode follow african teapot on both instagram and facebook for daily inspiration and motivation subscribe to our youtube channel african teapot podcast